good evening. This is John St. Germain, the voice of the Crystal Silence League, uh, voicing Crystal Silence League stuff. Broadcasting live from Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, we've got another show for you tonight about uh, spiritual stuff. So uh, if you're hoping for a live broadcast of what's going on at WWF, I'm sorry, not us. Um, So why don't you come back in just a minute? And by golly, we will certainly um, give you lots of uh, spiritual information. Tonight's topic is our mental dilemma, which is about nothing other than suffering and why we do that. When, when you think about it, it's kind of a silly thing to do, isn't it? So come on back. I'll be right here. See ya. I'm back. This is the Crystal Silence League Hour. For those of you who don't know any better, uh, the Crystal Silence League was formed around 1917 by a man named Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of distributing positive prayer and accusations and affirmations for uh, uh, those who need such things. I'm in kind of a strange mood tonight. Um, The... um, uh, um, the uh, uh, the atmosphere is just in a very strange thing, and I just looked, went to my printer and I realized that our um, um, prayers um, did not print out tonight. Uh, usually, what we do is um, we print out a whole bunch of prayers to read aloud on the air, and I just looked over there, and what I got was a, a stack of papers that had uh, error reports on it from the printer, so I don't have prayers to read tonight. But what happens is normally um, um, we get hundreds of prayers from um, uh, various people who um, who will go to our website and um, print these uh, and uh, put these prayers online. So um, uh, people will go to our uh, beautiful little website and they will um, um, uh, post these prayers and we shall um, uh, pray on these. The um, you can go to our prayer site, and what I'm trying to do right now is print these prayers out so that we can actually read them online. I guess I should have checked that, but I've been doing a whole lot of stuff right now um, before to get on the show. And so 
many, many people, hundreds of people a week, actually post prayers. And prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And when you do this, um, many of the pastors of the church, um, um, of whom I am one, will go over there and uh, print these out. And we shall put those on our altars and pray for you. And it's been my custom since we um, started this um, um, radio program, which was uh, quite quite some time ago, actually, uh, more more than a year ago, to read some of these prayers out loud. So um, we'll do that in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, though, we have our Crystal of the Week. And uh, our Crystal of the Week this week happens to be uh, Celestite, or Celestite. And um, we'll be reading... Uh, some information about that here in just a little bit. Um, I guess a lot of our news um, this week, uh, everybody has been up in arms about our... Uh, um, you know, I cannot get the prayers to read, to go to our, my printer. My printer is just not working. We have a... We've moved to our new house, and we're having all kinds of weird things going on. I'm just going to have to read them um, online today. But our... Um, it seems like our... Uh, our big news, everybody is just up in arms about our um, our new president and our new administration and everything they're doing. And they do seem to be um, trying to undo everything that was done before. And I do have some thoughts about that that we're going to talk about, speaking of suffering. But let's talk about our mineral tonight, uh, celestite. Uh, celestite is a... Uh, one of the angel stones, and there's a big handful of those, and we've talked about those on our show before. Uh, celestite is, um, um, surprisingly to me, often called a gentle stone. Uh, in my experience, it's a very powerful stone. Uh, it can help you contact uh, angels, uh, celestial beings, extraterrestrials. And it is a stone that ranges anywhere from white to grayish slate blue to a very powerful blue, and um, it is a very calming stone, but it can also um, resonate anywhere from the throat chakra uh, to the crown chakra to the star soul chakra, which is a, a very strange chakra that kind of hovers over your head. Uh, therefore, it can uh, launch your awareness uh, completely out of your and astral travel to other uh, dimensions of time and space. So it will, um, you know, when it, it's interesting to me when people say, well, it's a gentle uh, stone. It, it can teleport you through time and space. This is a very powerful type of stone and nothing to be trifled with in my, uh, my experience. Uh, it can stimulate uh, clairvoyance and uh, psychic visions, and these are not, abilities that you should trifle with unless you're very experienced as a psychic uh, practitioner. Um, This can lead to uh, severe dissociation, I think. Uh, um, People seem to think it's something to play with uh, uh, psychic traveling, astral traveling, uh, communicating with uh, angels and uh, um, expression. If you read the ancient literature about angels and and these beings, they can be very scary. Um, look in the Old Testament and the New Testament about how angels interact with people, and you'll see that it's not always like little cherubs fluttering around your head. They're sometimes quite terrifying. So be very careful if you use these things. Um, um, 
I have I have five pieces of celestite, and they range from white to uh, very bright blue, and um, I approach them with a great deal of respect. So I'm not um, I'm not prone to treat these with any kind of uh, um, you know like puppy dogs or anything. <laughs> they're 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 quite um, they're quite strong. So uh, with that said, um, why don't we why don't we look at some prayers? As I said, you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org and you will find there are hundreds of prayers posted weekly. And we have um, prayers that range all over the place. We have prayers of people um, praying for money to prayers uh, from people who are um, praying for loved ones who are about to pass into the silence. And uh, uh, Mr. Collins started the Crystal Silence League around 1917 for the purpose um, that it exists for today for people who need prayer um, to ask for such uh, in a worldwide network of people and back in those days he did this through the agency of crystal ball projection now we do it through the agency of the internet and we also have crystal balls for sale and crystals and you can get those there and also some literature um, some of this literature was penned by our founder Mr. Conlon himself and more recently I wrote a book called Crystal Magic and uh, you can get that from us as well. So why don't we start? I'm going to read some prayers out loud, and um, I don't identify by names, even though I have your names and pictures here in front of me, because I have secret code words that allow me to do that. I'm just going to read these from the uh, prayer ID, and I will ask you to pray with me uh, if, if you are so inclined. So uh, why don't we get started? We have prayer ID number 57961, and this is a court case. And... Um, she says, my daughter has postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Please let her uh, SSDI be approved this year. The new appeals judge shall overturn Sacramento judge's decision. She did nothing to have this disease. Thank you. I have faith that she shall be approved. Amen. And then we have prayer ID number 57960. Who says, pray with me for St. Michael to cut the ties that bind TB to his past. His girlfriend he couldn't save, his parents' messed relationship, his sister, those are the relationships he needs to let go, to come forward and heal, to come in full healing with me. I want him to be happy again. Amen. Then we have prayer ID number 57958. Urgent. Hello, guys. I'm in dire need to go back to college to continue my studies. I did better last semester, but I scored a lower uh, grade because of one class. For that, they dismissed me <coughs> and cut off my financial aid. I lost both my grandparents last year. Combined with that and the constant burden with financial problems, it's been very hard for me. I want to graduate and make my parents proud of my grandparents up in heaven. Please pray the college committee approves my appeal. Thank you. Amen. Then we have prayer ID number 57956. Please remove the evil eye around me in my love life. Amen. Prayer ID number 57955. Thank you, St. Jude, for providing enough for me to get by and then some. I really appreciate you and express my sincere gratitude. Many thanks and love. Amen. Prayer ID number 57954. I pray that I will be able to clear all my bills. Amen. Prayer ID number 57953. Hello. 
I'm truly in love with my boyfriend, R.W., and I believe it is time we move our relationship forward into marriage. Everything has not always been smooth for us, but through it all, our love for one another has remained strong and has grown stronger over time. It is time for marriage, which is the next big step in our lives and our relationship together. I'm excited and ready to spend the rest of my life with R as his wife, partner, and lover. Thank you. Amen. Well, she posted about six prayers for that. Um, Prayer ID number five. (coughs) Pardon me, so sorry. Prayer ID number 57949. I pray that my daughter, Kay, will get the loan she applied for. Amen. Well, I hope she does. Prayer ID number 57948. My cousin suggested a marriage match this year when I expressed my desire to get married. My mother likes her very much, and many people hope that I get married to her. Everyone thinks she's the right match for me. But things are happening so fast that at times it appears destiny is conspiring to make this happen. Please pray for my successful wedding with a suggested bride if we're right for each other, else that we may find right matches elsewhere. Thank you. Amen. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, says Reverend St. Germain. Prayer ID number 57947. Due to things happening with our vehicles, I got video surveillance cameras with a monitor. One camera is pointed at our cars and shows our front porch as well. The other day, I was in the back room when the dogs started barking. I went to the living room to find out why. I looked at the video monitor in the living room and saw a dark figure on our porch. I got to the front door. No one was there. I opened the door and looked outside, but there was no one in sight anywhere. I pray for protection from danger. Amen. Furthermore, she goes on, we've had mysterious shadows, things moving and disappearing, and sometimes reappearing in different locations, numerous car problems, and unexplained fires. We have a new puppy that now runs and hides when she hears the smallest noise from the back window. The other day I was in the back room when the dog started barking. While I was in the back room, I quickly came to the front room and glanced at the security monitor and saw a figure standing on the porch. I got to the door, but no one was there. These are very mysterious circumstances, and I suggest you contact one of us immediately. Prayer ID number 57945. My nerves are a little shot. Thank you for praying for my family. Please continue to pray for us. We're so close to adopting. Please pray pedophile birth father just disappears he is causing trouble from wherever he is please pray we continue to stay together as a family thank you amen pray ID number five seven nine four god i have fought the fight please rain your wonderful blessings on me i am open and ready to receive i pray that you bless me with a new apartment in new york city and an abundance of money i've been praying and asking for a long time now God, please bless me. Pray that God blesses me and fulfills my wishes. Amen. Prayer ID number 57943. My prayer, banish all hindering forces on my life. Banish all hindering persons on my life. Renew my life. Victory in life. Amen. 
prayer ID number 57941. Please pray for my husband. Lord, only you know how to deal with my husband, and I pray that you will place the right people in his path so that he is reminded of your word and the vows that he made with his wife. May it be so. Amen. And prayer ID number 57940. Please bring me the $15,000 for the month of February to wipe out debt for my life. It's great in your name. Pray. Amen. I pray for the operation to go well and healing, strength to stay on my spiritual path of helping people, to stop jealous people sending curses to hurt me. Amen. Prayer ID number 57938. Please pray to protect and keep safe the relationship of DKL and OD to remove, block, and banish NF. From our relationship completely, she has evil tendencies and wants to do me harm. Protect us from her evilness, curses, negativity, and any and all bad energies from her. In your name we pray. Amen. Prayer ID number 57933. Pray that love comes my way today. Amen. And prayer ID number 57931. Seems like I need prayer for every subject there was. I ask you to pray for my family members that are lost, my sexual life with my husband, that my recently graduated son can start his own business, that my finances can finally be paid off and be in zero debt at last, and that my daughter will be protected as she starts out as a new driver. Each and all prayers are greatly appreciated, and I ask that prayers are for our new president and our leaders. Amen to that. Prayer ID 57930. I ask that God will heal the sharp pain that is inside the heel of my right leg. I've been up to my doctor several times and given different medications, but the pain has refused to go. Please pray for me to let the pain go away. It is just too painful. And prayer ID number 57929, destruction unto my enemies, all enemies known and unknown, working against CB, fall into darkness. All working sent by C's enemies are completely destroyed. Amen. Let's have one more. Prayer ID. This is the last one, actually, that I pulled up. Prayer ID number 57922. That we will have sex ASAP. I pray that J.C. calls me now and that we will have frequent sex and that he will be able to perform and any reason why he has not contacted me will be pushed out of the way and that he fully desires me. Amen. Why don't we have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of comfort, all those in need of support, all those in need of affirmation, and all those in need of sex right now.
Amen. May it be so. Our topic tonight is uh, our fundamental dilemma. And our fundamental dilemma, of course, is that we are born into this veil of tears. And uh, even the Bible talks about the veil of tears. We uh, Born we are into this veil of tears, and we pass through the veil of tears until we die and go into a better place, we're told. And um, I was very interested in that term, veil of tears. I heard it all my life, uh, growing up as I was into the uh, um, the Baptist uh, the Baptist way, and of course that comes from Psalm 84, verse 6 through 12, uh, in the veil of tears, in the place which he has set, for the lawgiver shall give a blessing, they shall go from virtue to virtue, the God of God shall be seen in Zion. And the prayer, of course, there was, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, behold our God, our protector, and look in the face of thy Christ, for better is one day in thy courts above thousands. Better, better is one day um, you know the the promise there is that one day, um, after this veil of tears, we we enter a better a better place, and uh, that's what we what we're promised is that uh, if you live a good life, in one day things get better. Um, and but is there a better life now? Um, yes, um, there is, but you're not going to find it. Outside, you're not going to find it in this world. We, uh, this this is a hard world. This world is um, is very tough, and I I, I find that we are um, uh, always expecting things to get better, and uh, they don't. They don't get better. They they don't get worse. They don't get better. They're, they're the same, really. And um, I, I was reminded of a verse in the I Ching that. Means quite a bit to me. The the several verses in the I Ching actually. Uh, the I Ching, of course, talks about change. And uh, I um, I was I was thinking the other day about um, the I Ching on uh, adversity, which I think about uh, four fifths of the I Ching is about adversity during hard times. And um, nothing nothing changes um, during. Um, during hard time, during easy times, when things are easy, nothing changes. This is evolution. People evolve um, when there's um, adversity. You know, this is called survival of the fittest. And adversity makes species stronger. It makes people stronger. And uh, there's a verse in the I Ching that says, uh, Men bound in fellowship first weep and lament, but afterward they laugh after great struggles they succeed in meeting. And what this means is that when there is a common enemy, uh, people come together, and through coming together, uh, they succeed. And this is what we're seeing now. We are seeing history being made. We went through a time when the adversity was not as great, when we were um, we had an ally. And adversity was not that great, and we were in the position of uh, children who were being taken care of. Well, now we have um, a lot of that being stripped away from us, and what we're about to see now, we're in a position that historically is going to be like the French Revolution, where the people are going to rise up, band together, and possibly for the first time, 
in a very long time make very, very, very sweeping changes. And we are going to rise because of this adversity and do something that needed to be done, in my opinion, needed to be done for the past 25 years as rights and um, privileges have been stripped away one one and one by one. Um, we've turned them over one by one. And this, um, in fact, this recent thing where uh, the gag orders on the Environmental Protection Agency, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Gag orders on government agencies is nothing new. This has been going on for 20 years. It's not this blatantly. There have been gag orders on government agencies for a long time. And on individuals and on agencies, this is just the most blatant examples of it. Um, um, for a long time, quite a while, to this day, we don't know what went on with that big oil spill. We don't know how many gallons of oil uh, have been put in the ocean or the environmental impact of it. That just kind of disappeared. There was a gag order put on that. This has been going on for a long time. It's just now someone in his office who just doesn't give a shit whether we know about it or the gag orders and stuff. So, um, But it's now so much in our face that we have no um, no um, alternative but to band together now. And I believe this is going to be very much like the French Revolution, but a lot more technological. So um, we're looking at history right now. We are in a historical uh, moment. And I, I, for one, am glad in one sense to see this. Um, it's a long time coming for the American people to have a wake-up call that we, we have to get together and we have to overthrow this system that has let us down. And if it took these events to do it, um, I'm sorry about that, but it's through discomfort that change occurs. That's just the way people grow. Um, if you don't discipline a child, the child will never learn. And if you don't discipline a people, the people will never learn. There's another verse in the I Ching that says, um, the people complain while the emperor sits on his throne. And uh, that, that's a very telling one. I, uh, I'm, I'm the guy who delivers unpleasant truths sometimes. I'm not the guy you call up if you want fairy tales. I'm not the guy you call up if you want me to tell you that um, the clouds open up and candy drops in your life. I'm the guy that says these things work out, but you're going to have to work very hard. And, um, and I'm also the guy that says uh, what you want may not happen. You have to prepare yourself for an unpleasant uh, reality. So, the um, uh, because of this, the world may not always turn out the way we want it to turn out. Uh, sometimes we have to work very hard to make it turn out. Uh, I'm about to have a visitor in my office. I think let's uh, let's see what's going on here. And uh, you're about to see one of the fruits of uh, of my karma. Yes, come on in. Come on in. Hello, Eileen. Say hello. Say hello. Are you going to say hello? 
You're not going to say hello? What do you want? This is my, my granddaughter, Eileen, who's three. And she was knocking on my door. What would you like? What's going on? Now she's going to be shy. Well, you want it then. What do you want? What do you want? Here, give me a kiss. There you go. Now, now she's going to be all shy. But Eileen's one of the, Eileen's one of the fruit, fruits of my karma. And uh, I'll tell you when you're pushing 60 and you become, <laughs> you become a, uh, the parent de facto of a, of a, of a three year, of a three year old. Um, that's just one of the cards, one of the cards that, uh, life deals you, um, uh, this, this happens. So let's, let's talk about this, um, this whole idea of, of, uh, suffering, um, why it happens. Um, pain is optional. Suffering is voluntary. No, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm watching Aline. Uh, uh, pain is unavoidable. Suffering is optional. Aline visits, yes. Pain, pain is unavoidable. Suffering is optional. And what I mean by that is pain, uh, pain you can't avoid. Uh, suffering, though, is optional. Suffering is the emotional component of pain. And pain occurs, pain occurs when there's a an injury, let's say. Um, pain occurs when, um, no, honey, you can't draw because I'm, look, I'm I'm working. You see, I'm working. Pain occurs when there's a an injury, say a broken leg, or you you slam your finger. Uh, there's also emotional pain. Uh, this is caused by loss, and this is caused by, um, yeah, it is, and this is caused by. Um, Separation from the loved or um, forced um, association with the unloved or um, when we don't get what we want or when we get what we don't want, like old age, uh, death, things like this. Uh, this, is, this creates emotional pain. And uh, where's your grandmother? Where's your grandma? Did she fall asleep on the couch? She's watching a movie? Are you still watching Superman? You're watching Elsa and Frozen? Well, you better go watch it because, you know, Elsa needs your help. No? Well, did you have to come and see me? Yeah, if you pull that if you pull that out, no one will be able to hear me and everybody's life will be ruined. Because the words of wisdom that drop from my lips, people hang on to that, you know, with bated breath. Do you have anything to say to our millions of listeners? No? Okay. Um, so what we have, um, when we choose to have experience, we're going to open the doors and windows to suffering. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm wrestling with the three-year-old while I talk to you. Um, so... Uh, this this is just unavoidable. If you're going to have experience, you're going to open the doors to this whole idea of suffering. Now, uh, to minimize that possibility of suffering, you have a couple of choices. You can um, minimize experience, and believe me, a lot of people um, do that. You have people who detach. Um, you have people who develop a kind of dispassion. Um, people who uh, dissociate from experience um they get a kind of uh, bored 
attitude um, about life. And by doing so, they um, detach from the whole idea of suffering. Now, shut my door now. A flyby visit from Eileen. And, uh, and do you know, I have a second-story office, and now Figaro the cat is outside my window, and I have no idea how he got out. This is the weirdest night I've ever experienced. My printer shuts down. Eileen visits, and Figaro is somehow on my second-story window. I have no idea. The, the world is coming to a damned end. This is the weirdest night I've ever experienced. I have no idea what's going on here. It's like next I expect a UFO to land on my yard and an alien to come out. This is so amazing. Um, um so what we have, pain Pain is um, associated with the skandhas, uh, the physical rupa, the, the physical skanda. And we can make a good argument for this because even the emotional pain is usually uh, associated with a physical sensation, anger, uh, misery, these things like this. When we experience uh, heartbreak, like a relationship breakup, usually... Uh, there's a, there's a, a physical sensation, and I've always uh, believed this. I was taught this um, uh, when I first started studying Buddhism, and they said, and I said, John, you know, realize this: when, when you suffer disappointment, when you suffer breakup, examine your feelings, and you'll see that there's a physical component to it. Um, when you feel shame, you blush, the blood pressure goes up. There's a physical component to this. And recent studies have shown that negative emotions respond to painkillers. So imagine this. Um, uh, oh, we've got to watch the skandhas. The skandhas are the uh, five bundles that Buddha taught us were the five uh, skandhas of clinging. And these are, um, these are like the body, the rupa, uh, feeling, form, sensation, uh, uh, volition. Um, um, things like this, the the component the components that make up um, a human uh, essential being. So we have um, <clears throat> anyway uh, negative emotions respond to painkiller, even things like aspirin and ibuprofen. So this is why when we have a heartache or something like this, we go out and get drunk or we turn to drugs because they are uh, uh, anesthetics. So um, so we have uh, a natural tendency to anesthetize ourselves when we have when we have um, suffering because we mistake suffering for pain. Now there is a connection between pain and suffering because if we do have an injury, uh, like a broken leg or something, there are sufferings that arise from it. Uh, we have anxiety, uh, fear, uh, aversion that arise from it. And one of the techniques that has been very effective for quite a while is to use uh, meditation and breathing techniques to reduce the amount of anxiety and fear and aversion that arise from pain. If you're in chronic pain, uh, you know, say you have uh, some illness that causes chronic pain, you reduce the experience of the pain by reducing the suffering that arises from it. So we can reduce our whole suffering level by this type of awareness 
even the existential suffering, you know, the life suffering, by being aware of our reactions to it. And so when I'm looking on, you know, that uh, that finger on the pulse uh, that we call social media, and I see people um, demanding that we get upset because they're upset, you know, um, if you're not upset over this, then you're not my friend. You know, if uh, you know, p- post this if you care, share this if you care. If you're not with me, then you're against me. Uh, you know, they're demanding that you become a participant in their suffering. And you know, I'm sorry, but no, but no. This is like the guy that drives by in his car, and you know, because you've been driving a certain way as I do. Um, you know, I, I usually drive no more than five or ten miles over a speed limit, <laughs> and and usually, you know, five or ten miles over. And some guy drives by and he's going fifty miles over the speed limit. He goes, "Hey, <laughs> fuck you!" <laughs> you know, he's wanting me to be a participant in his suffering, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to honk at him and yell, "Well, you know, screw you back, you son of." I'm not going to do that. You know, usually I don't react at all, and it's it it took a lot of practice not to do that because you you have a tendency to mirror somebody else's anger, but over time, and it took a lot of time, I don't respond at all. I have no reaction to that. And there was a time when I was kind of a smartest, I'd wave back, make a peace sign, you know, blow a kiss and stuff. But that's sarcasm. That's sarcasmic, as I call it. It's sarcasmic. And what sarcasmic means is that it's, it's exquisite sarcasm. That's not sarcastic, you know, sarcasmic. That's when it's, exquisite sarcasm and uh and i'm very good at being sarcasmic you know i can be very i can be so sarcasmic people don't realize it's sarcasm and that's the best kind of sarcasm and uh you know because one time uh, i was pulling out of a parking lot and i had to make an elaborate maneuver to get where i wanted to go and somebody was trying to pass me when i did that and they passed me the wrong way and we got tangled up and then they yelled and screamed at me and cursed me and then we wound up through a fortunate fruiting of karma, stopped at a um, railroad track. The train came, and so here we were, and it was very awkward because he and his wife were there, and so, you know, there there I was, and his wife was, you know, trying not to look at me. And uh, as it turned out, I had a bag of chocolate-covered raisins I was enjoying, so I rolled my window down and held it down and said, would you guys like some chocolate? And uh, so, <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, you know, and then they did. I said, "Cause it, it seems like you're having a really bad day. You know, chocolate will make it better." And I held my chocolate out to them, and she she rolled over and she said, "She she said, drive drive turn around drive away, Henry. He's a crazy man. Drive away." You know, because I was offering them um, chocolate, you know, instead of anger. And and I thought, you know, this is a sign of our times. This was this was maybe ten years ago too. It's a sign of our times that when a man offers you chocolate instead of anger, it's a sign of insanity, right? So. Um, that's what I think we should do if, you know, we see people that, you know, make America great and know Trump's the guy and not offer them chocolate, um, you know, see if that doesn't make things better. Um, I'm going to tell you that right now we're, um, we're experiencing a, a transition and our targets are going to be very easy to spot. Um, and it's going to be um, uh, very interesting to see what's going to happen next. And, you know, I just saw where, you know, someone made a list of things where, you know, if you say it's, you know, the next four years are going to be very interesting, you're an enemy or something. Well, 
what am I supposed to do, man? You know, I don't, well, I don't have a hair to tear out, but um, I am not going to take on your suffering. I am very concerned about what's going to happen. I'm dealing with it my own way. Um, I'm, you know, I'm almost 60 years old. I've seen a lot. I've seen this country torn apart before. And this country's healed itself because people heal it, heal themselves. This is not the worst this trouble this country's ever been in, and we've we've come around it. Um, so, what we have what we have seen is that um, people band together during these times of trouble, and if we survive this, we will we will survive it because we band together and we learn how to deal with it, and. If we don't survive it, it's a result of our own decisions. This is the karma. This is the fruiting of our own decisions. So let's look a little bit about this. I want to go to station identification, and we'll come back, and um, I'll tell you a few things. But first, I want to tell you uh, a story. Um, there's um, one time I was I was wondering about this whole thing about uh, the spectrum of suffering, and... Um, there was a list I once wrote down. And I really I can't tell you where I got this, but there's a spectrum to this whole idea of suffering because it goes from uh, intensity, and this never goes away. There's always this suffering, this discomfort that we always have, unless you've transcended it and you you've achieved bodhi mind, you've achieved enlightenment. But it's always there; it never goes away, and it goes from the 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 least amount, which is this kind of faint. Restlessness is faint unsettledness to irritation, to impatience and annoyance, and then there's frustration. And the next level is disappointment. This is when you've expected something and you don't get it. Um, then there's dissatisfaction, which I think is the next level. Then pure aggravation and tension, this feeling that you're torn between things. Then there's stress. And that's when it starts to get toxic, I think, when it goes to stress and anxiety and then vexation and pain. That's when emotional pain sets in. And then a feeling of desperation, this feeling of desperation where you feel like you're trapped. That's when you get really bad physical symptoms of desperation uh, and sorrow and then sadness. Sadness becomes a chronic state, I think. Then that's when I think of real suffering starts to come in. Suffering in the term, then misery. Misery, to me, is when you start to think life's not worth living. From misery, you go to agony, and agony is a terrible state. And then the final stage, I think, of this is anguish. And anguish is torture. That's when you're tortured. And I don't think there's anything beyond anguish. Anguish is the final state of this uh, of this spectrum. So you can go from anywhere from faint unsettledness of restless feeling to anguish. And uh, I think it, by the time you've reached the state of anguish, this is when people um, end it. You can't deal with anguish. Anguish is your final. Um, that's 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 the limit to what you can deal with. You can't deal with anguish much. And uh, so that's the whole thing. Now, I, I, I was contemplating this, and at the time I was in school uh, when I was 50, and um, I went back to college, and I, I took a creative writing class. I got my final degree in literary illustration, so I was taking senior-level art 
painting classes in senior level creative writing, and we had a uh, an assignment. We had to write these very short stories under 800 words, <clears throat> and uh, I got this feeling that uh, this restlessness was kind of like having a rock in your shoe. And that rock can be of different sizes. It could be a very tiny rock. And if you ever had a very tiny rock in your shoe, you think, well, I can deal with this for a while. But the longer you, rock, you walk in it, the more it drives you crazy. Or it can be a pretty big rock. And you go, ah, I can't deal with this at all. So I, I got this idea about you have a rock in your shoe, but uh, you're, uh, you just think, well, I'm, I'm going to deal with this. And then you find out you don't have anywhere to sit to take it off. And if you sit down, um, you may fall. And it, it led to a story. And uh, so I wrote this story called A Walk in the Park at Sunset, which is very disarming. I'm going to read you the story because it's a short story, but um, um, I'm going to read it to you now because it's about the suffering and what it can lead to. Um, so I'm going to read you this, A Walk in the Park at Sunset. There's a small piece of gravel in my shoe, a tiny piece, but after walking a mile or so, it's worked its way well into the soft flesh at the ball of my big toe. In the park, the grass is wet from late afternoon rain, and the sculptures listen. Sometime back in the 70s, the city council arranged for the college to allow the art students to scatter the fruits of their creativity throughout the walking trail, and a few are pretty good. Most are awful. Sitting in the center of the park is a passable replica carved from wood of Michelangelo's painting of Jehovah tossing the spark of life to Adam, and dogs routinely urinate on our father's heavenly calf while pigeons poop on his heavenly crown. There's something both momentous and hilarious about this twin sacrilege, something that almost shouts a grand revelation about the relationship between God and man, but it always escapes me, just at the point of enlightenment. The rock in my shoe really hurts now, but I don't remove it. If I stop to take it out, I'll sit on one of the benches, and then I'll most likely fall into one of those comfortable naps of old age. The naps are comfortable, but the dreams are not. The problem with living a long life is you store up a lot of memories, and not all of them are good ones. And what you try not to think about during the day comes out in full dress parade at night. The park seems to be empty tonight, just me and a little mutt dog sniffing around the statues and trees. I think I will sit a while. Someone kicked my foot. Old man, wake up. I blinked awake. I knew it. I fall asleep easily these days. Three teenagers stood over me. One of them, their leader, I suppose, held a straight razor. It glistened like the awful statues. These lads were about the same age as the kids who used to be under my command in Korea. Mostly kids that age just need a little discipline, and they turn out okay. I got to my feet. What do you want, boys? What do you think we want? Give me your money. These are just kids, scared. They didn't know what they were doing. I reached into my left coat pocket. Are you hungry? Here's a half a sandwich. You want it? I don't want your leftover food, old man. Give me your money. The other two looked at each other and laughed. As you say. I returned the sandwich to my coat pocket. He shoved me, and the back of my legs hit hard against the bench. Now. I sighed. Okay, I have something for you. You really shouldn't shove old people around. In a civilized society, young men should treat women and old people with respect. So from my right coat pocket, I pulled out my 9mm Army-issue Parabellum and shot him through the left eye. He looked surprised and then sank to the ground. His two companions watched all the way down and then looked at me. Run, I told them, and they did. I watched until they passed through the neglected rusty gates that reminded me more of a cemetery than a park. 
The dead boy stared at the sky with his one eye as it began to rain again. I removed my shoe and shook out that piece of gravel. Such a small thing. Tiny, really. Not much larger than a grain of sand. Such a small thing to cause such irritation. I put my shoe back on. That was much better. The little mutt dog sniffed around the carving of Jehovah, made up his mind, and issued a stream of urine against his leg. Jehovah's long mane of hair was white with pigeon droppings. Again, I felt that tugging of almost enlightenment felt it recede. The dog looked up at me. I patted his head. Good boy, you show him who's boss. I offered him the leftover sandwich, and he gobbled it down. We'll be back after station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candelo's Corner with Candelo Camusa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silas League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Bit and Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, The Witch the Priestess in the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. You know, I met Barbara Eden at Fanboy uh, last year. I got a picture of, of me sitting next to her, and we talked a whole lot about the uh, movie, uh, uh, the, the Many Faces of. Uh, Doctor, the many faces of Doctor Lowe, and uh, with Tony Randall and George Powell, who was the producer, and um, I told her that was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and still is. And uh, she was a very charming woman, and um, I think I was the only person that asked her about that movie. Everybody talked about I Dream of Jeannie, of course, and uh, but I, I told her, um, I said, you know, I loved, I loved you in uh, Doctor Lowe, and she goes, oh, George Powell was great to work with, and we talked about Tony Randall and, and, and stuff, but um, if you look on my Facebook page, you see me sitting next to her, and she's grinning, and I'm grinning, and it was really fun. I also uh, sat next to Don Wells, and she complimented my beard, and that was kind of cool. Um, Mary, Mary Ann, from, et cetera. Now, I'm going to um, talk to you about a drawback of identifying uh, suffering with a physical cause. Um, now, we um, there's a drawback to that. As soon as we start talking about suffering having a physical cause, and I was warned about this too, and you, you get warned about this a lot by monks and Buddhist teachers. Um, if there's a physical cause, you might be tempted to seek a physical a- answer, right? Um, <laughs> like. Man, well, there's a physical cause. There's a physical answer. You know, let's go get drunk. Let's go. Um, let's go get high. Let's uh, seek drugs. Unfortunately, that's not true. Now, the problem I have with these uh, clinical um, analysis of love as a brain drug, um, the um, you know, if you, a lot of times you'll see these uh, uh, shows on. Uh, the Learning Channel stuff that say, well, love is a chemical reaction in the brain consisting of serotonin and dopamine and norephedrine, and this is what happens when you fall in love. These drugs occur, and, and then when you fall out of love, it's, re- it's withdrawal from a drug and the body reaction to the drug. And first of all, this does take all the spiritual elements out of love. And secondly, I have heard and I have seen on Internet forums 
that people say, well, if this is like if this is withdrawing from drugs, you can ease that by guess what? Using drugs to simulate the um, or ease the cold turkey of having somebody handing you your hat and saying, "Get the hell out of my life." Um, there's some very bad. That's why you see a whole lot of people going to bars, you know, when they're depressed, when they're unhappy, when they've had, you know, that's. I mean, it's even in movies and stuff. You know, a guy gets a guy gets his hat handed to him, you know, by his girlfriend. He goes to a bar and gets drunk, right? I mean, that's traditional. The only problem is it doesn't work. So um, you can only take that analogy so far. Um, the the problem is there's a um, uh, the thing is with that uh, thing is uh, there's another thing is the rebound. You say, well, I want that rush of being in love, so I'm going to go to the you know do a rebound and get that norepinephrine uh, and oxytocin. Um, thing going as well. So um, that is frying pan into the fire because usually it's going to be a sexual attraction and then um, um, boom. That's why you get revenge sex and rebounds and things like that. Basically, um, no good. Um, I also have a number you know, clients that say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still friends with all of my exes. Um, bad idea um, uh, in most cases. Not a good idea, um, um, because there's a whole lot of uh, obsession and stalking that can go on with that. Um, one of the best things you can do is just um, embrace that feeling and and understand that there's uh, a certain amount of loss that you're going to feel, but it's not the person. It's the shared identity. It's the... Um, um, it's the sense that part of you is missing, and that's the part of your life and your identity that you shared with that other person. And you got to fill that space with something equally satisfying, and that is new spiritual experiences. Um, so, our essential dilemma is this: there's always going to be stress, and there's always going to be pain. How we deal with that, though, is a skill we have to learn. And there's never going to be such a thing as a stress-free life. Never going to be such a thing as a stress-free life. But what you do with that stress, man, that's the gold. And you can take that stress and you can turn it into fuel. And there's a wonderful line at the end of Tales of Hoffman where Hoffman's muse says, turn your broken heart into your art. And it's translated different ways, you know, take from the ashes of your broken heart, uh, the fires of your muse will arise. Uh, um, use the ashes of your broken heart to fuel your art. There's many different translations of it, basically, but the, the, but the basic message is this. If we know that life is going to be stressful and we accept this, um, then these experiences that we have, we don't fear them. We embrace them, and we know that from the stress and the tension of that, we get a dynamic um, process that's almost like a perpetual motion that drives us into greater strength and greater 
experience and we we take it into a uh, grist for I'm struggling for a concept here because this is so big and I'm trying to put it into words but it's life and where we make our mistake and create the conflict is thinking that life should be easy and an easy life is a boring life so we we have relationships our assumption is that if we have a relationship that it should last forever and what we're saying is that it shouldn't change and we think that when when me and my lover part that it's over it's not it's only transformed it's transformed it's not ended and I, and I, I emphasize this I say you know you and your lover you're not done you've transformed you came together you had experiences you moved apart and now you're having different experiences and maybe you're going to be together for the rest of your life. Maybe you won't. This is a lot of pressure to put on two people. It's a lot of pressure to put on the other person. You come together for a purpose. You don't know what that purpose is. You don't know how long that purpose lasts. It seems to me to be a very obsessive thing to meet somebody and then say, boom, we're here forever. So it's that expectation and that craving that creates that anguish when those expectations and disappointments come. Remember our scale. You know, we go from that discomfort to disappointment. Disappointment's about halfway through it. And then when we expect it to work out again, okay, disappointment, it didn't work out. Well, maybe we can get them back. Then we're starting to crawl up to anguish. And you don't want to get you don't want to get toward that end of the scale where there's anguish and despair, and these are words I hear quite a bit. Despair. Uh, I want you to stay tuned. If you're in the streets with Beverly Smith, Beverly Smith is um, is going through an in-depth analysis of the first five days of President Trump's um, um, presidency, uh, as only Beverly can do. <laughs> so uh, I'll. I sure look forward to uh, listening to this and um, Beverly's um, Beverly's uh, eye and her analysis of the situation is certainly a lot more um, uh, aggressive than mine is, and I really look forward to hearing her point of view on the topic. Um, so, um, by all means, tune in and listen. Uh, as as always, I have enjoyed giving you my my point of view on this and uh, I want to thank my uh, my associate uh, Miss Eileen for coming in and gracing the studio with her presence for a while I believe she's back down watching Frozen again with her grandma uh, maybe we'll bring her in next week to give her give us her insights uh, and all of her three years of experience um, love you guys see you next week and good night <laughs>